welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 92. We're going to be looking at these 15 verses here. It's Psalm 92. As you know, if you've been following along in your prayer guide, you see that this is a theme we're going through different P's of the revival, being present, obviously prayer, purity, power, and then last week we looked at how revival is personal. It's easy to look at other people and think, you know, they need to get saved and they need to do this, but Lord speaks to us and tells us, no, you need to respond. But today we're going to be looking at what we call praise. Many times when we think of praise, we don't think of this in the area of revival, but praise is something that I believe many of us are lacking. And I'm going to define what praise is. Praise, prayer is when we are talking to God. We're coming to God. It's maybe private. It's something that a lot of folks don't know maybe what you're praying about. But praise is when your prayers that you're praying to God, all of a sudden they go public. So many times, every time we pray out loud in a public setting, we're praising God. It's your public prayer life. And the way we live our lives is important of showing that we live lives that shows to other folks, especially to lost people, that we are excited, we have been redeemed, we live for Jesus I was listening to an inner city preacher this past week share about his church. And it's an African-American congregation, and they had closed down. This is a year and a half ago during when there was mandatory shutdowns in churches. Well, this church didn't have uh, very much technology. They didn't have a good sound system, and they didn't have any video cameras or any way to, to do the live streaming or Facebook Live. They didn't have any of that. But during the shutdown for several months, they spent some money, and they upgraded all their equipment. They got a new sound system. They got new cameras. They uh, just went, went was, had to, they realized we have to invest in uh, new technology. So after a few months, they finally were prepared to reopen. But during that time of the shutdown, the Lord had been working with this pastor and just really teaching him that he needs to learn to praise Jesus because he was discouraged because all of a sudden um, he became an internet preacher and his church didn't have the internet. So that poses a problem right there. And, um, and, but the Lord was working with him and, and he had cultivated an attitude of praise, of just saying anything that came, come, any situation, circumstances that would come his way, he would just say, Amen, Jesus. It doesn't matter how bad it is, I'm, I'm praising the Lord. Well, they were about to have their first Sunday and hadn't met in person in a while and they were going to try out their new equipment. And this church, had, they had hired this young man and they had invested in him, had him trained on all this equipment. He was in his early 20s. So he was um, the guy who was going to come and run all this new stuff. Well, about an hour before church started, he gets a phone call from the young guy that they had hired and trained and he says, Pastor, I have a terrible migraine headache. I just can't make it. 
And I, I'm not, I'm not going to be there this morning. I'm so sorry. Now, these folks haven't met in months. So that was obviously not a good way to start. But he got off that phone and he said, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because I know that young boy is the only guy in the whole church that even knows how to turn the sound system on. He's the only guy that even knows how to work any of this equipment. But we aren't going to allow something such as that to damper and to pour cold water on us coming together and meeting. He said that first Sunday back, they didn't have a sound system, barely knew how to flip the lights on, but they went through that worship service praising the Lord. And I thought about that. That man did not allow his situation to affect his attitude. Praise, having an attitude of praise, takes us beyond one moment. Because it, think about it. He said, it was a blessing that we were able to purchase the equipment. It was a blessing that we were able to train a young man. It was a blessing that we were able to finally come and meet again. It's a blessing that you're able to wake up on a Sunday morning and say, Lord, you have made the Sabbath. I rejoice. And what happens in our lives is we have moments of setbacks, moments of discouragement, and your praise takes you beyond that moment. That's our main point today. Whatever your moment you have, and it is just a moment, because what seems like a mountain today, it will not be that in a few weeks, a few months. You will have forgotten about it. There will be new things to give praise over. And we want to go beyond that. And I think in my personal life, if that had been me, I would have been so discouraged having new equipment, can't even flip the sound system on. And you've invested in all this stuff, and y'all would have gone through that day griping and complaining, very tempted to, of about how bad everything is. And the Lord doesn't want us to have that type of attitude. You know, we think about the Lord. The greatest thing we've received from Him is we are saved. If you have been born again, your name is written in the book of life. What more do you need? Folks, really, let's answer that question. What more do you need? You've got it. You are saved. Everything can be broken. You can have no money. Bad doctor's appointment. Everything goes wrong. But you have Jesus. And that's worth having an attitude of praise. Remember, praise is your public prayer life. And folks see that. You might have a great secret prayer life and you need one. But you also need to have a public praise life. That people know that man, that woman, she loves the Lord. They live for Jesus. I want you to look at this psalm here. Psalm 92. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praise to your name, Most High. To declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. David's saying, whether it's morning or evening, I live for the Lord. I give praise to the Lord. He is my God. With a ten-streamed harp and the music of a lyre. For you have made me rejoice, Lord. 
by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. A stupid, I don't use the word stupid, or a foolish person does not know. A fool does not understand this. And that's absolutely right. Foolish people, people who do not know the Lord, they don't understand why believers live lives of praise. Because we know our God has created us. He's redeemed us. He saved us. And we're glad. We rejoice for that. Folks, do people know you're saved? Do people know that Christ lives in your heart? Students, when you go to Dunbar High School, to Jesse Clark Middle School, do they know this person lives for Jesus? They've been redeemed. And the Bible's telling us here that a foolish person doesn't understand it. Until we see folks saved, see them repent of their sins and turn to Jesus, we should not expect foolish people to live for the Lord. Until they encounter Christ, are they saved and redeemed. And then they start realizing, now my time is for Jesus. Though the wicked sprout like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will be, look at this, eternally destroyed. Do you realize what the Old Testament is telling us? The wicked, they're all around us. They're like the grass. These folks are evil. They even flourish. The Bible says that lost people actually think of new ways, new sins to even create. Book of Romans, chapter 1. But it says they will be eternally destroyed. Someone without Christ. This is why we should be motivated to see our lost family and friends saved. This is why revival and bringing in evangelists are so important. If you know of someone who's not a believer in Christ, maybe they're with another religion, maybe they have rejected the gospel, maybe they have um, just, they, they don't want to turn from their sin. They're living a selfish life. Living for themselves. Yesterday, Al's, Sherry had me weed eating. And I walk around front from the backyard. We have battery-powered weed ears. I think I shared this before. You always buy a battery-powered weed ear because it dies. <laughs> it's true, David. And you have to put the battery on the charger. And you have to wait several hours. Then it turns dark and you have to do it another day. That's the goal. I want the battery-powered weed ear to die. I have this down. I only use battery power. Same with lawnmower. Only use that as the best thing. That's how you get out of anything. <laughs> battery not. Can't do it. Everything we have is battery power. I, I do it on purpose. We don't have extra batteries. No extra batteries are allowed. So I can't keep a, new, a second one charged. And it died. And I walked around. I said, thank goodness. Thank you, Lord. So I was going to go put on the charger for later this week. Some other day. And it's two young boys from Clay's Mill Baptist Church. We're on front porch. And our children, all three of our children were already talking to them. And they were out soul winning that afternoon. And I was so kind. Folks come to my house. I'm such an encourager to those folks. You always want to give an encouraging word. I bless those young men. They asked me. They said, Sir, do you know of any unchurched lost people on your street? I said, you need to knock on every single door. So you didn't just tell them I sent you. So uh, with that. Because it is. 
Our neighborhood is lost. Listen, folks, the Bible tells us evildoers are going to be eternally destroyed. Lost people are not saved. They're spiritually lost. The Bible says eternally destroyed is hell. And our, our priority as believers is to pray people to Christ, to share Christ, and not only that, we want to encourage and bless other people doing missions work, doing evangelism. Maybe you're not able to do what you used to do. You can be an encouragement and even a financial blessing to people who are doing that. That's why we support missionaries. We want to see the gospel advanced. That's why we give to missions. Lottie Moon. Because folks get saved only by the gospel. This should be convictional in our lives. Any and every opportunity to point people to the good news of Jesus, you should be taking advantage of it. Keep going here in your Bibles. It says here, But you, Lord, are exalted forever. For indeed, Lord, your enemies, indeed your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You know, there's enemies of Jesus today. There's people who do not want to hear the good news preached. They silence the message of Christianity. You have lifted up my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been anointed with the finest oil. My eyes look at my enemies. When evildoers rise against me, my ears hear them. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. In the middle of the desert, God can grow a powerful tree. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of our God. Look at that phrase, planted in the house of the Lord. Do you know we're in the house of the Lord right here? You come here and the Bible speaks to you. You come here and the music, the songs, we rejoice to what He's doing. We plant ourselves here. They will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green. Are you a senior adult? Would you consider yourself in old age? Have you feel like you need to retire spiritually? No. Look at this. They will bear fruit in old age. If you have gray or white hair, God is telling you this morning, you can bear fruit. It's not, you're, he's not done with you. There's work to be done. As long as there's one person, Brother Heard, that does not know Jesus here on earth, that means we have a responsibility to see them saved, to pray them to Christ, to make sure missionaries can take the gospel to them and tell them the good news. Even in our old age, wherever you're at, you can be a witness for the Lord. You look for opportunities to minister and invite your children, your grandchildren, church, to revival, to Sunday school. Any angle you can take to get people in church. Even if you have to give them free food. Come eat. Everybody's got to do that. Then you come get saved. You can be fruitful. To declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. 
And there is no unrighteousness in him. That's what you proclaim this morning. Jesus Christ is my rock. I cling to him. Lord, I give praise for what he's doing. We want to take our praise beyond our moment. When you think about beyond, you think about what does God mean when he wants us to go beyond? Because a lot of us are stuck. We're stuck in, our, we're stuck in this spirit of discouragement. I mean, you think about this past what, year and a half now. How much death has there been? There's been so many folks have died. Sickness. Prayer time. It's depressing. And, and not only that, a lot of folks, they're isolated. They're lonely. They're not in the routines they used to be. There's so much uncertainty. And God is telling us, spiritually, you need to be moved beyond that. And the way to do it is your public praise. Praise takes you beyond. Beyond your situations. You look at your situation right now. It might not be ideal. God is saying, you can go beyond that. You need to look at your circumstances. God, God has brought things in your life that you didn't want. You didn't want this. God is speaking to you. He is your rock. You can go beyond that, verse 15 says. And not only that, most importantly, beyond the moment. You are in a moment right here. God has you. And God's saying, no, you live for more than this moment. You go beyond that moment. The Lord wants us to live a life of great expectation and that that any and everything we do, we honor Him. One of the best stories, I don't want us to turn there, but I want to tell you this story because this shows you the power of what praise does. In Daniel chapter 3, you might remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were young men who were what we would call exiles. They were taken in captivity 1,500 miles from their home to a country called Babylon. They left Jerusalem, the Israel area, and they were captured by Nebuchadnezzar, and they found themselves in a foreign land. The people in Babylon did not worship the Lord. They did not have the temple. They did not go and honor the Sabbath. They worshipped foreign gods. Nebuchadnezzar was an arrogant man. He decided to have him a statue made of gold built for him that was 90 feet high and 6 feet wide. So in the middle of the city square, you look up, and here's a massive statue built to the king. Huge, solid gold. And what would happen is the people, they would, have, uh, they would gather around I don't know how frequently they do it, but they bring all the people in the city and they would blow a ram's horn and all the people were expected to bow down and worship the statue. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, had, they were uh, basically serving in the king's court and they were there at the time when the ram's horn would blow. They refused to bow down. So all these other people are bowing down to the statue, but these three boys, three young men. Well, we all know when you do something wrong, people tattletale on you. 
So we had some people go in town, tell to Nebuchadnezzar, and say, Nebuchadnezzar, you made this law, you declared, folks had to bow down and worship you. But you've got these folks here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not bowing down. What are you going to do about Nebuchadnezzar? It's like, you, like, it's like saying, okay, you've got to wear a mask when you come to church, and one person doesn't wear it, and say, Pastor, what are you going to do? Somebody doesn't have the mask on. But it's not quite that extreme. So Nebuchadnezzar says, all right, bring them here to me. And these boys walk in, and they did a practice rehearsal, and Nebuchadnezzar says, all right, I'm going to blow this horn right here in front of me, and you're going to bow down and worship it. And then they spoke up and said, we don't need to do that. Sir, I want you to know we're not going to do that because we worship the Lord alone. And if you throw us in a fiery furnace, the Lord, He can save us. But then they made a statement. It was in Daniel chapter 3, verse 18. These boys said, but even if God does not rescue us, listen to that phrase, but even if, even if the Lord doesn't rescue us, we're still not bowing down. Because I'm not going to put the Lord to test. Listen, folks, this morning, you might be in some difficult circumstances, a difficult situation, and I want to encourage you, even if the Lord, He might not deliver you, from your circumstance or your situation, even if He doesn't rescue you from that, and you go all the way to death with that circumstance you're dealing with, you aren't healed, that person isn't saved, that situation you're praying for, it still just continues on, even if it lingers on, we are called to be faithful to Him. Our praise our commitment is not based upon whether or not God answers our prayer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you just go ahead and throw us in the furnace because it doesn't matter what happens. We're not bowing down no matter what to your statue or to you, Nebuchadnezzar. We don't worship false gods. And you all remember the story. Those three boys were thrown into the fire. They heated it up so hot seven times the normal when the guards threw them in, the guards died. They perished. Nebuchadnezzar looks in the fire and it says they actually bound them, tossed them in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar's looking in the fire, and all of a sudden they're walking around. The fire burned up the ropes, and they're walking around, and a fourth person who looks like an angel is with them. Could have been Jesus, we don't know. Could have been the angel. A fourth person was in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar calls, listen, this is what's amazing. Through their faithfulness and their standing for the Lord, he calls them out of the furnace. He says, boys, come on out. They walk out of the furnace, unburned. And the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar praised God. He began to praise the Lord because he realized the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego delivered them from the fiery furnace. But those young men were prepared to die. Their circumstance and situation was beyond their control. All they can control is whether or not they were going to obey the Lord who says you do not worship idols, you do not bow down to anyone but the Lord, or Nebuchadnezzar in his gold statue. 
And they chose the Lord. And for our, for our message for us this morning, for us involving with praise, God is saying, you also, you need to have an attitude. Even if, Lord, even if you don't deliver me, I will continue to serve you. Say, Lord, my, take my prayer, take my praise, and make it go beyond the moment. You never know God is all you need until you discover that God is all you have. And we cling to that. God is all we have. This morning, the Lord has brought you here. And He's asking you to look beyond your moment. It is so easy to think, Lord, this culture, this city is so immoral, lost. So many, so many problems. Yet God, you are our God. Folks, let's put this in perspective. Our, we, we have such a wonderful student ministry. We serve, see you at the pole, is where teenagers meet at flagpoles before their school. Our church served one of the local schools here Wednesday morning. It was, it's always the fourth Wednesday of September. We're serving donuts that morning at school. Do you know, later that afternoon here in our city, there was a bomb threat at four of the high schools here in Lexington. It was a prank, but still. The schools all had to evacuate, go to the football stadiums, and send dogs sniffing around, bomb squads looking for that. Folks, that's, that's like a war zone. That is sad. I mean, these are children at the schools right down the road here. They're supposed to be learning, and they're having a bomb threat. If that doesn't open our eyes to the need for folks to be changed by Jesus, what else does? They, they're meeting that morning to pray for their school. The afternoon, they're at the football stadium waiting for the dogs to sniff things out for a bomb. Folks, I don't think that would have happened 60, 70 years ago. That's just, that's a different, literally a different world we live in. If there's not more of a need for prayer and then praise, which is public prayer, then today, I don't know what more is. We need to be having our personal lives, our family lives, our church lives, to point people that we believe and hold hard that Jesus is the only hope for our city. We're a lighthouse, a beacon, held on by the Word of God. And whatever your situation, your moment you're in, that seems so bleak and disappointing, God speaking to you, will you, will you hold your head up high and say, I am a child of the King. I have been redeemed. I have been saved. I am here to praise King Jesus because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, it's you. I hold to you. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar, I don't care what you can do because you're not going to get me to turn away from my Lord. You need to have that same attitude. You go beyond the moment. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. We're going to close this message praying for you to have an attitude of praise and to go beyond your circumstances 
your situation, and your moment God has you in. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray for the folks here this morning. You are calling us to yourselves. You're calling us to a life of public praise. One that says amen, no matter how bad things are. Lord, no matter, no matter what occurs in our life, just like that African-American pastor, whenever he shows up on the big Sunday and every single item's broke. But Lord, we've got you. Jesus, anything that you're involved in in our life, we've already won. Lord, I pray you help us remember that, that mindset that we carry with us. God, I pray that this invitation will be one that you call us to respond. Lord, maybe there's some folks here that the reason why they're not praising you is because they don't know you. Lord, if they are here this morning and they want to get saved, I pray they walk forward, take myself's brother Hurd's hand, and say, I want to get saved. I want to live for Jesus. I want to have my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, we give you praise. We take, we take this message and we take it beyond our moment in our life and we live it out. Lord, we come to you this morning giving you this time of response. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of what we call invitation, where this is an invitation to you to respond to the gospel. We're going, I'm going to invite you to stand up. Brother Hur is going to be standing right here. I'm going to be staying right here. You can come here and unite with our church. You can get saved or you can sign up. If you want to get baptized in a week and a half, we can do that. Now is your time to respond to God.